Jesus was creating an opening for them. They refused him. He was telling them to come into the open sky. He was telling them to be just ordinary. Drop this nonsense of being special. If they had listened to Jesus, their whole history would have been different, but they could not listen. Hindus did not listen to Buddha for the same reason. Hindus are also carrying the idea they are the holiest people in the world, and their land is the holiest land. Even the gods long to be born in India. Even the gods long to be born in India. No other country is so holy. And Buddha said, this is all nonsense. They had to reject him. Buddhism was thrown out of India. No society can tolerate such people who are telling the truth because they seem to sabotage the very structure of things. But now the time has come when we have suffered enough all over the world in different ways. People have suffered much and it is time to have a look at history and its stupidity and its ridiculousness and drop the whole idea of these egoistic patterns. Watch small children and then you will see their intelligence. True, they are not knowledgeable. If you want them to be knowledgeable, then you will not think they are intelligent. If you ask them questions that depend on information, then they will look not intelligent. But ask them real questions which have nothing to do with the information which need an immediate response and see they are far more intelligent than you are. Of course, your ego won't allow you to accept it, but if you can accept it, it will help tremendously. It will help you. It will help your children because if you can see their intelligence, you can learn much from them. Even though the society destroys your intelligence, it cannot destroy it totally. It only converts, it only covers it with many layers of information. And the whole function of meditation is to take you deeper into yourself. It is a method of digging into your own being to the point where you come to the living waters of your own intelligence. When you discover the springs of your own intelligence, when you have discovered your child again, when you are reborn, then only then will you understand why the Buddhas have been emphasizing again and again that children are really intelligent. <clears throat> Start watching children, their responses, not their rewards, not their answers, but their responses. Don't ask them foolish questions. Ask them something immediate, which does not depend on information and see their response. The mother was preparing little 
Pedro. The mother was preparing little Pedro to go to a party. When she finished coming, come, come, come. When she finished combing his hair, she straightened his shirt collar and said, Go now, son, have a good time and behave yourself. Come on, mother, said Pedro. Please decide before I leave which it is going to be. Come on, mother, said Pedro. Please decide before I leave which it is going to be. Uh huh, I see. Have a good time and behave yourself. <clears throat> It's contradictory sometimes. <clears throat> you see the point? The children's response is really of tremendous value. He says, Please decide before I, I leave which it is going to be. If you allow me to have a good time, then I cannot behave. If you want me to be, be If you want me to behave, then I cannot have a good time. The child can see the contradiction so clearly it may not have been apparent to the mother. <clears throat> a passerby asks a boy, Son, can you please tell me what time it is? <clears throat> yes, of course, replies the boy. But what do you need it for? It's always changing. <clears throat> A new traffic sign was put in front of the school. It reads, it read, it read, it read. A new traffic sign was put in front of the school. It read, <clears throat> drive slowly, do not kill a student. The following day, there was another sign under it scribbled in a childish writing. Wait for the teacher. <laughs> It's so funny. Little Perino comes home from school with a big smile on his face. Well, dear, you look very happy. So you. So, you like school, do you? Well, dear, you look very happy, so you like school, do you? Don't be silly, mom, replies the boy. We mustn't confuse the going with the coming back. Don't be silly, mom, replies the boy. We mustn't confuse the going with the coming back. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The father was telling stories to his son in the living room after dinner. The father was telling stories to his sons in the living room after dinner. My great grandfather fought in the war against Ross, Rosas in Brazil. My uncle fought in the war against the Kaiser. My grandfather fought in the war of Spain against the Republicans. <clears throat> and my father fought in the Second World War against the Germans, to which the smallest son applied. To which the smallest son applied. What's wrong with his, this family? We can't relate to anybody. They can't relate to anybody. Hmm.
what's wrong with this family? They can't relate to anybody. Starving for efficiency. Striving for efficiency. You will be surprised to know that your schools, colleges, and universities don't exist, in fact, to help you to become intelligent. No, not at all. I have been associated with universities as a student and then as a professor for many years. I know the very inner structure of your educational system. It is not concerned with creating intelligence in people. Of course, it wants to create efficiency, but efficiency is not intelligence. Efficiency is mechanical. A computer can be very efficient, but a computer is not intelligent. Never think that intelligence and efficiency are synonyms. synonymous. Intelligence is a totally different phenomenon. Efficiency is not intelligence, it is mechanical expertise. The universities are concerned with creating efficiency so that you can be better clerks and better bureaucrats and managers, but they are not concerned with creating intelligence. In fact, they are all against intelligence. The whole structure of your educational system all over the world is to make you more and more capable of memorizing things. <clears throat> Memory is a biocomputer. Intelligence is a totally different phenomenon. Intelligence arises out of meditation. Intelligence arises out of rebellion. Intelligence does not arise out of memory, but your expectations, but your examinations only concern themselves with your memory. Whoever has a better memory is thought to be more intelligent, but it happens. But it happens many times that stupid people have beautiful memories, and intelligent people are not so good as far as memory is concerned. <clears throat> Thomas Edison was not good as far as memory is concerned. He invented hundreds of scientific gadgets nobody else before him had invented so many things. Just the quantity of his inventions is enormous and believable. You may not be aware that you are using Edison's inventions every day. The gramophone record, the radio, the electric bulb, the fan, the loudspeaker, all these things come from the creativity of one single person, Edison. But his memory was lousy, very sloppy, so much so that once he even forgot his own name, which is really very difficult. It is almost impossible to forget your own name. If you can forget your own name, you can forget anything. He managed to do the least likely thing. In the First World War, rationing came for the first time in the existence in America. Rationing, 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 what's rationing? Came from the first time into existence in America, and he was standing in a, in a queue 
to take his ration card. Slowly he came closer to the window, then he last went then the last person in front of him moved and they called his name Thomas Alva Edison and he looked around as if they were calling somebody else. He looked up and down the queue. <clears throat> the man recognized him and said, As far as I know, you are Thomas Alva Edison. Why are you looking here and there? Edison said, You're right. I had completely forgotten. Many thanks that you reminded me. Yes, I'm Thomas Alva Edison. His wife used to have to keep everything in order <clears throat> because his whole room was in constant chaos. Thousands of papers, research papers, and <clears throat> whenever he wanted to find something, it would take days to figure out where it was. He kept forgetting everything. He might have invented something and would start inventing it again. And his wife <clears throat> would remind him, You have done it. It is already in the market. He used to keep loose papers around and would go on writing down whatever thought came to his mind. Then those loose papers would be lost here and there. His wife told him, It would be better if you would keep a notebook. He said, That's a beautiful idea. Why did it never occur to me? But then he lost the whole notebook. He said, Look what happened when I followed your suggestion. With loose paper, at least one thing was good. Once in a while, I would lose a few notes, but not all of them. Now all of my notes are lost. Albert Einstein was not a man who had a good memory. He failed many exams in school simply because he could not memorize anything. This greatest mathematician of all the ages and for ages to come was incapable of counting small amounts of memory, of money. He would have to count again and again. Once he was traveling in a bus, he gave the conductor some money. The change was returned to him. He counted it once, twice, thrice, and each time the result was different. So he started counting the fourth time. The conductor was watching and he said, What is the matter with you? Don't you know figures? Thrice you have counted. Now you are counting a fourth time. Don't you know how to count change? Einstein said, Yes, I'm a little lousy in math. This man who had worked out the greatest mathematics possible was incapable of counting small amounts of money. He would go into his bathroom and would not come out for hours because he would forget where he was and that he should come out. Out of my friends, Dr. Ram Manohar, lawyer, went to see him. He told me, I had to write six hours because he was in the bathroom. And his wife kept apologizing again and again. She said, he is in the bathroom. He is still in the bathroom. I said, but what is he doing in the bathroom? <laughs> the wife said, nobody knows. But if you disturb him, 
He becomes very angry. He starts throwing things, but he always forgets. Whenever he goes in there, he forgets to come out. Now he we have to wait until, whenever he comes, when he starts to feel angry. He starts to feel hungry or thirsty or something. Then he will remember. Doctor, lawyer asked, "But what is he doing in there?" The wife said, "I have also been curious about that for all these years. In the beginning, I used to peep through the keyhole. What is he doing? He sits in the bathtub, playing with soap bubbles." When I ask him, "What are you doing?" he said, "Don't disturb me. Never disturb me, because it is in playing with soap bubbles that I have discovered the theory of relativity. It is through playing with soap bubbles that I came to understand that the universe is expanding, just like a soap bubble. It goes on expanding, and one day it will burst, just like a soap bubble. If you look down the ages." You will find thousands of geniuses with very bad memories, and thousands of people who had tremendous memories with no intelligence at all. Because memory and intelligence come from different sources, memory is part of the mind. Intelligence is part of no mind. Intelligence is part of your consciousness, and memory is part of your brain. The brain can be trained. That's what the universities go on doing. <clears throat> All your examinations are tests for your memory, not for your intelligence. The universities give you the wrong impression, as if memory is intelligence. It's not. This whole educational system exists to destroy intelligence or to divert you from intelligence toward memory. Memory is useful. Utilitarian intelligence is dangerous. It has no utility for the status quo. Ah, it has no utility for the status quo. Wow, this is great. It has no utility for the vested interest. Intelligent people have always proved. To be difficult people, just because of their intelligence, they cannot bow down to any stupid things. And our society is full of superstitions, stupidities, all kinds of nonsense prevails in the name of religion, in the name of politics, in the name of literature, art. <clears throat> Okay. Reflection and manipulation. Each child is distracted, is diverted. Hence, there is no much stupidity. It is really a miracle how a few people have escaped from this prison. A Buddha, a Zarathustra, a Lao Tzu, a Jesus. Pythagoras, 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 Pythagoras. Very few people 
it is almost impossible to escape from this prison because the prison is all around and it starts from the very beginning. From your very childhood, you are conditioned to be a prisoner, a Christian, Hindu, a Mohammedan. And when you are prisoners of churches, nations, races, then naturally there is going to be violence. No animal is as violent as man. Animals kill, but they kill only when they are hungry. Otherwise, not. Man is the only animal who enjoys killing for no reason at all, as if killing in itself is a blissful activity. One day, in a restaurant, a lion and a hare entered. The manager was shocked. He could not believe his eyes. A great silence fell over the restaurant. Many people were there eating, talking, gossiping, all became, became, all became absolutely silent. What was happening? The manager rushed to the new customers. Somehow he managed to stammer to the hare, What would you like, sir? The hare asked for doctor, and the hare asked for coffee. Okay. One day in a restaurant, a lion and a hare entered. The manager was shocked. He could not believe his eyes. A great silence fell over the restaurant. Many people were there eating, talking, gossiping, all became absolutely silent. What was happening? The manager rushed to the new customers. Somehow, he managed to stammer to the hare, What would you like, sir? The hare asked for coffee. The manager asked, And what would you, friend, like to have? The hare laughed and she said, Do you think if he were hungry, I would be here? Do you think if he were hungry, I would be here? He is not hungry. Otherwise, he would have eaten his breakfast and I would be gone. He, we can be together only when he is not hungry. A lion won't kill. If he is not hungry, it is only man who kills for nothing, for no reason at all, for stupid ideas. One can understand. If somebody is hungry, one can understand. But one cannot understand Hiroshima and Nagasaki destroying hundreds of thousands of people within three minutes just for the sheer joy of destruction. This is happening because we have not allowed man's intelligence to flower. And whenever it has happened in any society, that intelligence is allowed a little freedom. That society has become weaker than other societies. It happened in India. India remained a slave. India remained a slave for 2,000 years for many reasons. One of the reasons was the great revolution that was brought by Krishna. Patanjali, Sharaha, Mahavira, Buddha, 
These people brought such a great revolution, such a radical change in the consciousness of India, that many people were released from the bondage of stupidity. A great intelligence was released. The result was that the intelligent people stopped killing. They became nonviolent. They refused to be recruited into the army. Buddhists and Jains refused to be recruited into the army. The Brahmins refused to be recruited into the armies. Now, this was the cream, and the cream refused to fight. Hunts, Turks, Mughals, Mughals, who were backward in every possible way, overrun the country, and because the most intelligent people of the younger generation were no longer interested in killing and violence, there was no resistance, no fight. These people conquered the country. A big country was corrupt. Big country was conquered by very small countries. For two thousand years, India remained in slavery, for that simple reason. The same thing happened in Athens. Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Pythagoras, Heraclitus. These were the people who released great intelligence. And the climate was created of freedom, of free thinking. It was one of the most beautiful phenomena that was happening on the earth, and it was destroyed by stupid people, barbarians. The whole Greek civilization disappeared. <clears throat> My own suggestion is that unless we create a world government, intelligence cannot be allowed. The time has come for a world government. National governments are no longer needed. They are things of the past. They are past of our stupid past. Nations are no longer needed. Only a world agreement, world government. And if there is a world government, it will have a totally different quality. Armies will have to be reduced. Because there will be no question of fighting with anybody. Now, seventy percent of the world's world's money, wealth, resources goes to the military and military weapons. Seventy percent. Only thirty percent is left for other purposes. That means seventy percent of our energy is devoted to killing, to being violent, to be destructive. A world government is an absolute necessity to save humanity, and the quality of the world government, the and the quality of the world government, will be totally different because it won't need great armies. Just small police forces will be enough. It will take care of things like the post office, the railway, the airplanes, etc. But they are not destructive. They serve people, and once the once the armies disappear from the world, great intelligence will be released because the army is destructive intelligence. It reclaims 
the healthiest people and destroys their minds. Because the real soldier is possible only if the person becomes absolutely mechanical. Man kills for no reason. Man tries to replace rather than to understand, to manipulate rather than to relate, because to relate with somebody needs great understanding. Manipulation is no understanding. Repression is easy, very easy, and fool can do it. That's why if you go on, that's why if you go to the monasteries, you will find all kinds of repressions, and you will find all kinds of fools gathering, gathered together there. I've never come across intelligent monks and nuns. Nuns, if they are intelligent, they will not be monks and nuns anymore. They will renounce that nonsense. They will come out of their so-called religious prisons, but repression needs no wisdom. It simply needs a powerful ego, so you can go on repressing, suppressing everything into the unconscious. But whatever you suppress will have to be su suppressed again and again, and still. It will never be eliminated. It will become more and more powerful as you grow older, because you will become weaker. The suppressor will become weaker, and the suppressed will remain fresh and young, because it has never been used. The real problem rises in old age, when suppression starts exploding and creates all kinds of ugliness. It is five thousand years of suppression that is creating all our neuroses, all our perversions. Perversions, suppress sex, and you will become more sexual. Your whole life will be colored with sex. You will think always in terms of sexuality and nothing else. Suppress sex, and the ugly institutions of prostitution will arise. It bound to arise. The more suppressive a society is, the more prostitutes will be found there. The proportion is always the same. You can count your nuns and monks, and you can know. By counting them, how many male and female prostitutes will be in the country? It will be exactly the same number because nature keeps a balance, and perversions, because sexual energy will find its ways, its own ways. If either it will create neurosis or hypocrisy, both are ill states. The poor will become neurotic. And the rich will become hypocrite, 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 hypocrites. It is said that when Moses, in his age, smashed the table of the Ten Commandments, everybody refused to grab a piece. Everybody rushed to grab the piece. Of course, the rich and the politicians were the first. They got all the good pieces on which were inscribed, commit. Adultery, lie, steal, the poor, and all the rest got only the pieces that said, "Thou shalt not, thou shalt not." 
Reflection creates cunningness. You lose authenticity. You lose naturalness. Spontane spontaneity. Spontaneity. You lose truth. You start lying to others. You start lying to yourself. You start finding ways to the lie and to go on lying. And a single lie will need a thousand other lies to protect it, to support it.